0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad
1: to so Loads
0: up, shoots, save Koskinen, rebound,
1: drives He's been out there a while. He's checked by Carlson. He'll stay with it and feed Ethan Bear. Now look for a return pass. Bear can't fire it through. so heading for the net, loading, centering, one-timer score. Jay Theodore wins the game. Top left corner, and Vegas, who never led through more than 62 minutes, claims a 3-2 overtime victory at Rodgers' place.
2: All right, so the Oilers settle for a single point, and they can thank Miko Koskinen for that. He is excellent once again. 3-2 Vegas takes it in overtime. The Oilers' record, 37-24-9. They remain second in the Pacific Division. Now three points behind first place Vegas. The Oilers do have a game in hand, but Vegas clearly the better team in this game. Outshooting the Oilers 15-3 in the first, 15-11 in the second, 16-9 in the third, and then 2-1 in overtime. The Oilers one shot in overtime was a doozy. A minute in, Ethan Baer with a chance right in front. Mark andre Fleury with his best save of the evening. Puck goes back down to the other end. Well, for over a minute, <laughs> eventually Vegas able to keep it alive, steal it from Ethan Bear, and Theodore fires in the winner. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Two minutes after 10, we are live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, overtime open line presented by Harlan Ford. Well, Rob, the, the Oilers' lack of offensive pressure has become a huge story, which means their goaltending has become... A huge story Koskinen stellar again tonight he's the first star I think we probably knew halfway through the second period he was going to be the first star in this game the shots in the last six games are 156 for the Oilers 239 for their opponents and they're 4-1-1 in those games
3: well a it shows you that they're getting badly outplayed five on five and B it shows you that their goaltending has been excellent um Koskinen and Smith either one that has started has given them quality starts the the, the problem that you find is eventually the odds straighten out uh if you continue to play in your own zone if you continue to give up multiple shots percentage-wise says the goaltender's not going to be able to stop everything and the others have got to start playing better five on five I know that Bob and Jack talked upstairs about the fact that the Oilers' biggest weapon didn't get to play today, and that was their power play. Well, this is what playoff hockey is like. The referees don't call near as much. There's uh, seldom, there's not near as many power plays, so you've got to be able to win games 5-on-5. Five five. Now, the Oilers' team is not has not been built yet to be a great 5-on-5 five five team. And they look tired and fatigued, and that combination right now is leading to them to spend too much time in their own zone where bad things can happen. Koskinen kept them in it as long as they could, but eventually, uh, I mean, a puck's going to get by them. So, yes, the the Oilers need to to find some energy reserves and to shore up some of the mistakes they're making uh, when they're playing five-on-five if they want to continue this push for first in the division. 3-2
2: Vegas takes it in overtime. Their goal scorers, Wah, Marsha Show, and Theodore Chason and Nugent Hopkins for the Oilers. And one of the best plays the Oilers made tonight in a game where they didn't have a lot of offensive zone time. And this has been one of his strengths, was Yamamoto keeping a play alive for the Nugent's Hopkins goal, which at the time gave the Oilers a 2-1 lead. Yeah,
3: it was a nice play by Yamamoto. It was funny because Jackie and his thing, I said, I don't know where that puck came from. Well, it came from Yamamoto hiding behind the net, battling against a guy much bigger than him. The one thing that Yamamoto, he doesn't have uh, physical stature strength. He's not a, I mean, a hulking guy, but he's got strong wrists, strong forearms. So when he's in a battle for a puck, he seems to his he seems to get more than he loses and and i think he his his strength and his tenacity fool a lot of the the bigger players that he plays against and on that one there again he kept the play alive he put the puck in an area where someone else have success with and and nugent hopkins what we've seen time and time again he hangs out in the right areas and when he gets the puck on a stick in that area you know where it's going it's going short side blocker and He beat Fleury again, so uh, that was a spark that the Oilers needed at that moment. Unfortunately, there was not a lot of 5-on-5 sparks offensively for the Oilers tonight.
2: So what's happening, Rob? I mean, we we know that they're they're not a great 5-on-5 team in general, but but I'm seeing some things that are a little unusual, and I, I felt this way against Columbus the other night, too. It's like they can't complete a pass to, to break, A, to help break out of your own end or B, to try to create something in the offensive zone which is which is another way to play good defense which is to get the puck in the other team's zone and pass it around a bit and, and cycle. There just seems to be some sort of disconnection going on.
3: Well, to me, that that is fatigue. I mean, this team is capable of making passes. You don't play in the National Hockey League and not be able to make an eight-foot pass. So when you start missing things that are simple things that are easy uh, that to me is mental fatigue this is a team that just uh, and, and it's not going to get any better they play every second night for the, the entire month of march um, they, they had a lot of guys that were playing more minutes than they're used to because of injuries uh, and suspensions so those guys are, are more tired than they usually are and then the guys coming back have been off for a long time then forced to play every second night since then having said that all teams go through it and the Oilers have got to somehow find a way to come out the other side. But yeah, you're right. They, the Oilers, are, a lot of the problems the Oilers are finding in their own zone, they're creating themselves. And teams are finding ways to, uh, there's no surprise when you play the Edmonton Oilers nowadays. They've, teams around the National Hockey League, it's okay. we got to stop McDavid. we got to stop Dreissel. How do we do that? We make them play in their own zone. Tonight, Vegas played as simple a hockey game as you're ever gonna see. Every time they got the puck to the red line, they either went all the way to the far side with it, to a guy streaking, or they dumped it in. Every time they got the puck in their own zone and they didn't have a play 100%, they just flipped it off the glass and out. Uh, Schmidt must have done that 10 times tonight, where he got the puck and just off the glass and out. But if everybody is on the same page, Everyone knows what you're going to do. It makes for a very effective hockey. So there's nothing fancy about Vegas Golden Knights. They play a simple game, but they just play it very effectively.
2: And, and they had their own good play to keep the puck alive on their tying goal. The Oilers win the defensive zone faceoff. Looks like it might be under control all of a sudden. Riley Smith
3: gets it to Marcia Show and just a little chip up over the shoulder well, into the top corner. I think Martian show be the first to tell you he didn't get all of that. Right. I mean he he the the puck bobbled a little bit and he just but he put it in the right spot. But if you watch a replay of that goal, the Edmonton Oilers have three guys going at Riley Smith. All three of them have their backs to Marshall Show. Riley Smith isn't the, the the dangerous player. He's behind the net. He's not going to score on Koskinen there. The dangerous player is the guy standing five feet out in front of Koskinen. Nobody took him. Uh, it was, I believe, it was Larson, turned and left the front of the net and tried to help behind them. Clefbaum doesn't need help behind the net because his guy's not going to score. Clefbaum can readjust. The centerman can readjust, but the others had three guys down low. That was just a mental mistake, and the most dangerous guy was left wide open. Not only is he the most dangerous guy because of where he's standing, it's also Marshso who's probably the most dangerous goal scorer this team has outside of Pacioretty. He was left open, and at that point, it looked like the Oilers were going to escape. When Marshall scored that goal, then you're like, uh-oh. This might not be the night the Oilers had hoped for.
2: 3-2 Vegas wins it in overtime. Koskinen, another incredible performance in net. So his numbers now, in his last four appearances, which is three starts and a relief appearance in Chicago, 147 shots against and 142 saves. I mean, really an incredible run for Coston in a 9.66 save percentage. Uh, I mean, which is, which is great. I mean, you love to get that out of your goaltender, but they're putting a lot of strain on
3: Well, it. it's great, yes, but it's, it's not going to stay there. No, no goalie in the National Hockey League is ever going to have that. So now you start thinking when we get into uh, important games down the stretch, when we get into playoffs, we can't play the same type of hockey because our goaltender, a good goalie in the National League, what is it, about 9-18, If a guy's clipping along at that rate, he's a very successful goalie. So that means at the rate he's doing, that's probably an extra two goals a game that he's going to be giving up when he gets back to just good standard. So that's, that is not a recipe for success for this Euler team when they start playing games a little bit more important. Hence, they got to find a way to correct some of the mistakes that they're making five on five.
2: Two goals for Edmonton tonight, 50 bucks to 6.30. Chad, Santa's anonymous. They give $25 for every goal throughout the season. That's from Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. The Oilers halfway through this four-game homestand with a record of 1-0-1. They will play Winnipeg on Wednesday. The Islanders on Friday. Both games will start at 7 with a face-off show of 5.30 here on 630 chat
3: there's uh, i don't know if you saw this update it said after the santa clara county ordered no gatherings larger than a thousand through the end of march due to con- coronavirus concerns the san jose sharks released a statement saying they will adhere to the guidelines and review the re- three remaining home games in march Oh, so, really? Yeah, so I know it just—it was a lie. I think it was against Ottawa that the the health... A couple times they went ahead and just and played games played, against. Yeah. Uh, advice, but this is one. Santa Clara County, where San Jose plays, ordered uh, no gatherings larger, larger than 1,000. Obviously, every hockey game has more than 1,000 people, and the San Jose Sharks released a statement saying they will adhere to those guidelines. Okay, well, that's another story to follow. Uh, and just a,
2: a side note here for uh, what's going on in Edmonton. The Oil Kings have changed some of uh, their upcoming fan days and fan interaction uh, opportunities between fans and players. Uh, nothing like that for the Oilers. At the moment, they have done what teams in all leagues, uh, many leagues anyway across North America are doing, where the uh, the media will not go into the dressing room. Post-game interviews, for example, today will be held in the, uh, in the Hall of Fame room where the players are in more of a podium-type setting. That's what they did after the morning skate as well so obviously this is uh, an ongoing story bigger than sports so we'll see where it takes us here at Rogers Place tonight the Oilers lose 3-2 in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights I, and I think you know obviously a lot of question marks and I think worry now for, for the Oilers and their fans going forward here I thought you know for a fourth line that's been thrown together the last two or three games I didn't mind the work of Chase on Neil and Kara and they scored again which usually if your fourth line is even, you say, okay, we'll give them a passing grade. They've been able to get on the board the last couple of games.
3: Well, and honestly, I just talked about why I thought Vegas was so successful tonight is just a simplified game. Well, that's how Kara, on and Neal play. They play very simple. They get pucks to center, they dump it in. And... There's the right time to dump a puck in and there's the wrong time. The right time is as you take one step over center, you fire it as hard as you can around. You keep it away from the goaltender and you fire it as soon as you cross center because that means the other two guys on your line know that the puck is going in and they're going at full speed. If you skate the puck up to try to make a move and then at the blue line realize, yeah, I don't have nothing, then I try to dump it in. Well, your line mates have stopped. So now the defensemen on the defensive team, they can go back and get it without having to worry about being hit. But tonight we watched it chase on a number of times, Neal a number of times. They put the puck in the right area. They put it in so that they allowed their teammates and line mates to get in there at full speed, and that's how they played. They caused havoc down behind the the Vegas uh, goal line. So I thought, again, the, Dave Tippett wanted a heavy line. That is a heavy line, and they played to their strengths.
2: Okay, 3-2, Vegas wins it in overtime. It is Shea Theodore with the game winner. He also had the game winner late in the third period last night against uh, Calgary, took a bad angle shot that deflected up and in to give Vegas that victory. So their record now 39-24-8. They are three points ahead of the Edmonton Oilers as this playoff race continues. Uh, I, I mean, look, we're obviously concerned about how the Oilers play tonight. The good news is they get a point tonight. Calgary didn't get anything last night. Vancouver didn't get anything. So in the Pacific Division, 86 for Vegas, 83 for Edmonton, 79 for Calgary. Vancouver out of the playoffs right now with 76, and Arizona uh, in fifth place at at 74. So, you know, just a point, but it's going to up that chances of making the postseason another uh, tenth of a percent or two.
3: Well, to me, I mean, they're in. It's a matter of if they're going to come in first or second. Tonight was a a big extra point that Vegas got uh, to help them if they're trying to secure their first place. The, uh, the games around the league, Winnipeg, the, game that the, the team the Oilers play next, that is a, a team that is desperate for points. They got a huge two points tonight, coming back from two down early to win 4-2 against Arizona. That may have been the, the nail that, that knocks Arizona out, because they have a lot of teams they have to jump over. Winnipeg jumps into a playoff spot. So, Edmonton just got to keep rolling. They got... Uh, they have the schedule that they want. They have a lot of home games, but they're playing every second night. They look tired. They've got to find some energy to be able to put a little few more points in the bank and continue to challenge for first place in the division.
2: So you mentioned the Jets beating the Coyotes 4-2 on the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Sabres knock off the Capitals 3-2 in a shootout. Panthers over the Blues 2-1. The Kings lead the Avalanche 2 nothing. In, uh, the Avalanche only with 12 shots on goal in that no, game. been a bit of a, rough bit of a surprise. Well,
3: The one game you just talked about there, Florida Panthers, they were a team that looked done about a week and a half ago. They're now only one point behind the Toronto Maple Leafs for that last playoff spot in their co- or in their division with even amount of games. The Florida Panthers are crawled right back in it and the Toronto Maple Leafs are holding on for dear life.
4: Alright, it's 10-15. We'll
2: just call a quick timeout. We're going to bring you post-game reaction from both dressing rooms, starting with Oilers head coach Oh, you know what? We have them now. We have them now. Let's uh, let's hear from Dave Tippett right now. As the Oilers lose 3-2 in overtime, courtesy of GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com.
1: Well, Dave, uh, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins
5: said, obviously, you can't continue what's what's happened in front of your goaltenders. But what, what's what's lacking in your team? We're just playing a real disconnected game. Really disconnected. We got uh, just we're just not playing very well as a group right now. I thought we addressed some things this morning, but there's still lots of... We just, uh, our execution is so poor on a lot of different situations that we're... And some of that is just pure getting the play made. Some of it is guys on their own page, going to their own spots that, that they think that they can just vary from the game plan. And this is, I told the group up, I said this is as disconnected as we've been in a long time probably since that road trip in Carolina so and it's not just tonight's game I'm talking about I'm talking about a number of games here so we uh, we've got first practice in a long time tomorrow hopefully we can fix some of those issues but we uh, we can't continue to play like that and feel like that we're a good team
6: uh, Dave how did you view the the tying goal you guys win the face-off and Quickly, it's in the back of your net. How, how did you view that
5: play? Yeah, I just uh, Cleft went to bump it to the other guy are uh, his partner, and uh, their guy got a stick in it and just whacked it in front and looked like a win that we were going in the back of the net and he jumped to the front of the net, just uh, beat off the wall, and then we're playing as if we won it rather than lost it, and then it, it uh, their player made a good play, got a stick on it, and knocked it in front. Uh, do you, uh, the uh, Caleb Jones not playing? Was that a coach's decision, or the
6: he got hit at the end of last game?
5: No, it was coach's decision.
6: Uh, so uh, Benning gets in, Gaetan Haas gets in. Two guys that haven't played in a while. How do you kind of view them getting in for the first time in a while? We
5: put, we put uh, the veteran group on the back there. Benning and Russell have been pretty good here. So in a game like this, we put a veteran pair back there. Haas came in because McDavid was out.
1: Dave, uh, in the overtime there is that just a matter of time when you can't
5: get the puck out of your end well we should have we have a good chance there leon had a chance to change gets caught in his own end gets caught, and then we ended up turning it over he was when bear got it he was looking to try to go to the bench to change and we turned it over and ended up an outnumbered break there and outnumbered in our own end so it looked like leon
1: thought maybe i'll just shovel it to the goaltender for a face-off and then he didn't, he changed his mind? Would that have been okay, well, he, obviously?
5: he fought off Carlson, or whatever, and then uh, Berzy was in the corner, and then they, they double-teamed Berzy, right? And Leon was heading to the bench, thinking that we had possession, and we didn't, or we did, and we turned it over.
2: All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. 3-2 Vegas wins in overtime, out-shooting the Oilers, 48-24. Tippett says, poor execution, as disconnected as we've been in a long time.
3: Well, I, I agree. I, I, all you have to do is look at the time of possession, look at the shot totals. Uh, I mean, the Oilers are getting doubled in shots uh, on home ice. I mean, t- two of the games they got badly outshot were against teams that were missing eight and nine regulars out of their lineup. Um, and they were fortunate in those that uh, the number of injuries to star players kept the, the, the goals down, but tonight they played a much better hockey club that didn't get frustrated, and I think that's what... Jack said at the end of the game Columbus got frustrated as the game went on because they dominated and they weren't winning a game they were fell, fell behind tonight Vegas didn't look frustrated at all they just kept pushing kept pushing and this is the type of team that you're going to play I, we, you and I have talked about it we feel that whoever comes out of the pacific division is going to have to go through vegas at some point whether it's the first round or the second round well that's how they play they have a very simple game plan they have good goaltending they have four two strong defensive pairs and they're deep up front they're big they're physical and tonight they they played their game instead of edmonton playing the game that they wanted to 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 have out there tonight so the mistakes that the others are making the amount of time they're playing in their own zone the number of odd man breaks there was a number of odd man breaks vegas had 48 shots or whatever it was tonight and they had three or four odd man breaks where they didn't get a shot on net where they missed the net uh, on, on golden scored and golden scoring opportunities so the good thing is the playoffs do not start tomorrow uh the bad thing is the Oilers don't have a lot of practice time to fix this this is going to have to be in-game adjustments
2: all right, 3-2 Vegas in overtime. Tonight, you can reach us by calling or texting 780-496-0063. We're live in Studio 99, Overtime Open Line, presented by Heartland.
5: Before history is written, Orr, the fantasy, no! it's played. Tinelli, Neister, Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
7: Ford. Live, Oilers Hockey is
0: brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
1: Off the draw,
0: Carrier wrist shot off the crossbar.
1: Nick
7: Cousins
1: rebound cleared by the Oilers. Left point. Maybe it's a good omen. Here's a centering pass tipped, and another Seahorse save made by Miko Koskinen.
2: Well, Koskinen excellent again. That's his save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Be wise, winter winterize, He makes 45 stops, but the Oilers fall 3-2 in overtime to the Vegas Gold Knights. Mark Andre Fleury gets the win. He made 20 two saves. Uh, Good crowd in uh, Studio 99. Do we have any... uh, Are these all the guys visiting from Germany here? You guys right here? 26 26 fans in from Germany. Good to see you guys. Thanks a lot for coming. They were here Saturday. They're here tonight. Uh, You're at a sports bar on Wednesday and then back here on Friday. Is that the deal? I think you're coming back on Friday. Friday night, they're going to be back. Good stuff. They seem to like well, there's, they're not all dry jerseys, but I think they like dry quite a bit.
3: There's a McDavid. There's a Nuge. They got it all covered right now. They got the big three covered. Pretty good. I uh, got to talk to Bjorn this morning.
2: He says uh, a lot of them get up at 4 a.m. to watch the Oilers' home games on the uh, NHL Game Pass or whatever it's called. So it's pretty cool.
3: I probably would uh, tape it and get up at 8 and watch the tape version. Well, they have to go to work then, Rob. Oh, I guess. Good point. Then I would probably watch it at 5:30 after I got home from work. Just don't. I'm not <laughs> sure there's a lot of things. No spoilers. Over there. No spoilers in in German television. Seven eight
2: zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Chris on the line. Chris, thank you very much for calling. You're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Chris, are you there? Yes, yeah, Go. Oh, we got you now. Go ahead, Chris.
7: Yeah, I've been on the phone for 40 minutes. So that's okay. Um listen, I wanna re- agree with Rob and, uh, and and Coach Tippett. Um we we can't I've been watching the game for uh probably forty five years. Um you know, during the, the order dynasty and uh, I'm I'm very like I'm very disappointed at the uh transition game for the order to actually score goals. I'm very disappointed that they have to rely on uh, both goalies. I think that's going to um, bite you in the end. I mean, you know, if one of them gets hurt or something like that, we're going to be in trouble. And it, it, it's not a it's not a good way to play hockey um, because you you're relying on on you know on on two players like Costigan and Smith. Yeah. And and you really need to. I mean, I went to the Winnipeg game. My daughter took me, which was a treat. Um, however i i i already saw a lack a lack of um uh uh shots on goal they're they're being touched like 40 to yeah yeah
2: the shots have been pretty pretty bad against, against the Oilers lately for sure chris and uh, you know robbie mentioned the the transition game and we kind of touched on that earlier. Look, every team in every game in the NHL at some point gets hemmed in. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it happen to the Oilers, but we've also seen them to be able to defend and work the puck down the ice efficiently and then maybe start something the other way. And those those segments of the game really aren't aren't, aren't happening. You know what? Probably tonight was the first nine minutes of the game the best the Oilers played tonight up to the chase on goal. They, they actually had some forechecking going.
3: Well, it, yeah. I mean, it, it was they played them even I I don't think they were dominating Vegas they played them even and then it just completely tailed off and Vegas took control of the game what teams are are starting to do against the Oilers? uh, they're becoming very aggressive on the forecheck and they are I mean they're tenacious they're getting in quick if the puck moves they're, they're they're reading the play and they're getting to that guy they're not giving the Oilers time to make a play and when the only, when anybody that has time to make a play is going to make a good play more than not, but when you're forced to make a play without having time to think about it, that's when you make the mistakes. And teams right now are just coming hard at you. They're just getting pucks in deep, simplifying. One guy's going there, and and, and they're trying. They're. The way they forecheck is they put the puck into an area where they know, okay, I'm going to force him to go that way. So when he goes that way, my buddy already knows to be halfway there because that's where the puck's going to go. When he goes that way, we know the puck's got to go up to this guy. My third guy's going to be there. So when you forge, you're giving the puck to the others, but you're also knowing where that puck is going to end up three passes later, and you're already there. So the teams are doing a very good job of forcing the Oilers' hands and the Oilers have not been able to find a way to to break it and they're playing into the other team's forecheck which all of a sudden you're in your own zone for extended periods of time where the Oilers on the other hand when you're in your own zone for 30-35 seconds and you bring the puck out by the time you get to the red line you're dumping the puck in and changing so now the next wave comes. So Vegas picks the puck up behind their own zone. They start the next four check. So they're in there for 35-40 seconds. You get the puck out. You dump it out. And that's why the Oilers had no shots there for for almost a full period. Is because every time they got control of the puck, their only goal was to get the puck to the red line so they could change because they were exhausted. Vegas did a very good job of completely shutting down the Oilers. And the others are gonna have to find a a way to break that they're gonna have to find a way to to make quicker plays gonna have to get the puck quicker they're capable of doing it we've seen them do it before right now whether it's energy whether it's fatigue whether it's uh, a little bit of loss of confidence but something isn't clicking right now and the others have got to find it quickly.
2: And that'll be our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts you, a chiropractor visit albertachiro.com. 3-2 Vegas wins it in overtime. The game winner tonight scored by Shea Theodore. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Big overtime
6: goal. Walk us through it. Um, Yeah, it was a great play by Marchie. Um, You know, it was one of those plays where their guy kind of left the zone a little bit, and, um, you know, I kind of had to stay in between whether they're going to get it down or not. But he made a great play, and um, sometimes you just got to keep getting it to the net. That shot, you looking, and pick the corner, or are you just trying to get the net on that? Or? Just trying to, I mean, when, when you can get loaded up, um, you know, for a one-timer coming on the slot, I mean, you're just trying to get all of it, and, um, you know, it's a great pass. Oh, I was just going to add, you guys
4: obviously emphasize puck possession in that OT. That seems to be a little bit more, with, when Pete's come aboard, mm-hmm. that that's kind of been maybe a little change in the overtime is that fair to say
6: yeah um you know he kind of he, he wants to be less run and gun i mean if we can maintain possession you know and you know take some chances at the net but you know not not exactly throwing it away um and you know it's that's big if you can keep your guys on the ice for a minute and a half two minutes and um you know when you're getting fresh legs out there you know that's when it can really happen
2: all right jay theodore ripping home the winner tonight uh, leon dry stuck out there for the Entire overtime of uh, 213. Tibbet mentioned that there may have been a chance to change a little bit earlier, but once the puck was down there, you, you can't get off because then it's an odd man rush for
0: sure. Yeah,
3: you, you, that's the problem, and that's one of the, the, the great rules that the National Hockey League put in is having the team switch end ends in, in overtime, so now it's a long change. So if you leave the ice, you're putting yourself and your teammates in a bad situation. It, Marceau So made a decision. Ethan Bear got the puck, and he kind of bobbled it. It was in his feet. And Ethan Bear was already engaged, I believe it was, with Carlson. And Marsha Show, uh, he, he was a risk-reward. He went in. If Bear tried twice to get the puck past him, if the puck gets past him, the Oilers are on a two-on-one with no back checkers. Drysaddle was out there, and so was Nugent Hopkins. But twice the puck, as Bear was trying to push it out, he couldn't get it past Marsha Show, and that turned into an odd-man rush for the Vegas Gold Knights, which they capitalized on. It was just... A risk reward. The the reward was the goal, and the risk was apparently within the realm of possibility for Marshall keeping it in. So nice play by him, and uh, uh, probably a very fitting end to the game is if you want to go by how the game played through the first 63 minutes. Vegas was the better team.
2: Oh, here's Bjorn right now. Bjorn, nice to see you. He's got his uh, He's got German, his German Germany, hat on. Germany it's a nice hat hat hat. On. Got the interview from earlier today. <laughs> see, there's a write-up on uh, the German visitors on 630 com on the Oilers page if you want to uh, check that out. Uh, a few textures uh, upset that the Oilers didn't get a power play tonight. I don't know, Rob. I, I don't feel like spending too much time on that because no. it, the Oilers were outplayed, and it's not like Vegas had eight power plays. They had two. Well, they were calling a lot tonight. You know, was it Schmidt that caught the puck and threw it off to the side that could have been called? It could have sure, been sure,
3: but, but with about 45 seconds to go, Archibald grabbed number three stick and held up McNabb's stick and held on to it, and McNabb couldn't get, uh, get the well, puck. Well, you know why he did that because McNabb
1: flipped, flipped his stick, stick and, stick and like,
3: then Archibald grabbed it, and then in the corner, Yamamoto grabbed the arm of whatever defenseman it was down low and spun him around. So there were calls that were, but the, again, this is what we say: this is how it's going to be reffed in the playoffs. They, they let it play, and you've got to be able to overcome it. Today, referees were not an issue in today's hockey game. The Oilers have got to learn how to play win games five-on-five five because uh, there's going to be games where their power play doesn't get the opportunities that they'd hoped for, and tonight is one of those examples. All right,
2: 3 3-2 Vegas wins in overtime. We have Greg standing by on the phone lines. Greg, nice to hear from you. Go ahead.
4: Hey, guys. How's it going? Quite well. Uh, McDavid was pretty quiet tonight, eh? Don't you think?
2: <laughs> well, yeah. yes, he was. Hopefully he was home sleeping. Well, I doubt he, he probably watched the game, but hopefully he had anyway, a quiet evening.
4: I listened to what Tibbet said about uh, the overtime um, goal, but uh, I have it on my TV right now, and it's uh, down low. It's a two-on-one. Drysaddle had a lot of chances to change in that overtime, a lot. And he was tired. He was gassed. And I don't just mean on the, 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 the game winner. Um, I love Drysaddle, he's probably my favorite oiler, but down low it was a two-on-one with Bear. Nuge was uh, basically uh, between the hash marks and the blue line, and it was a two-on-one. Drysaddle was out of the zone, Nuge was up high, it was a two-on-one down low, Marshall so chipped in. But that, I don't want anybody crapping on Bear because Drysaddle should have changed. Earlier in the overtime and had fresh legs out there, um, so um, I'm just saying it, it's not on bear, it, I, and I and I don't like you know throwing drives on the bus, but he had multiple times to change, he should have changed, and it might have been a different story. Two on one down low with a rookie defenseman who's outstanding. So don't get me wrong. But it's, it's two on one. You have one guy yeah. on the dot and one guy on the board. How yeah, I think
2: that's, that's what out? we were, we were saying—that his opportunity to change wasn't, wasn't then because that would have left them short in the zone. That you know, a minute in or whenever. They maybe, dry it subtle, get off the play. Sure. Dry
3: settle read the play. Bear had the puck and he tried moving it up. Dry settle read that play, and when Bear didn't get up, that's when the trouble began. That's when you're out of gas. To he, get he's, back. he's not getting back. Bear didn't get it out, and Marcia showed stuck in. He stayed in. And that's what made it a 2-1. Bear had control of the puck and lost control, and that's when the Oilers got into trouble.
4: Changed earlier in the overtime, though, is what I'm getting at. Oh,
3: yeah, no. We're yeah, ag- but we're, we're not saying that. But yeah, we're, we're agreeing with you. But yes. on that play right there, that's it, the play, Bear he, he fumbled it. And there's nothing against him. I mean, players fumble it. Marshall made a really nice. To me, I'm thinking that the Vegas Golden Knight players made a nice play on it to turn it into a turnover that turned it into a goal.
2: All right, that was Greg. 7804960063. Oilers lose 3 2 in overtime to the Golden Knights. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at a Japanese village. Triple A steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses, the Japanese village goal light on 630ched.com. All right, let's hop back down to the Oilers dressing room. He got his 22nd of the season tonight courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine Diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
8: And uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, um, this would be the like fifth of the last six games where you guys didn't have the puck much, got outshot quite considerably. Uh, is this
6: starting to become an issue, do you think?
8: Uh, well, it's something that we got to fix right away. We went through a little stretch like this and December we found a way to get ourselves out of it. I mean, obviously without goaltending like we've had last little while it would be uh, probably a different story um, But I mean we're in a good spot. We've found ways to get out of Playing like this before so we just got to keep doing that find a way
2: They're from uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins as, uh, he got a big goal. He's been hot in the last couple months, but the Oilers lose this one in OT. Okay, quick timeout. We're going to have uh, more postgame reaction from both dressing rooms as we roll along. We have Corbin, who's going to finish the play when we get back. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
2: All right, Mikko Koskinen, another huge game for your Edmonton Oilers. 45 saves, can't stop them all, though. Golden Knights win it 3-2 in overtime. Koskinen, the first star. Nugent Hopkins picked as the second star. Shea Theodore picked as the third star. Well, I know Chason scored again. Do you want to give him fourth star? I
3: thought, I thought Yamamoto was good, too. I thought Chason, actually, On and his line mates were all very good tonight. They were the best players for the Oilers. Fourth star
2: of the game for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot-only community. Just off Terwilliger Drive, visit WhiteEagleHomes.ca. Some other stats of note tonight. It was Bear playing 25-22. Drysidle played 24-21. Leon took 28 face-offs, won 15 of them. The Oilers did have a bit of a face-off advantage tonight at 54%. Nugent Hopkins played 22 minutes, led the Oilers with four shots on goal. For Vegas, Max Pacioretty. Had seven shots on goal, two others blocked, and shot wide on two others.
3: And how about William Carlson on a team that was beat in the face-off circle? He was 90%, so the rest of the centermen for the Vegas Golden Knights had an off night because Carlson was good. He played very well tonight for Vegas. Carlson, had, I thought, had a, an excellent hockey game.
2: And Shea Theodore, the ice-time leader for Vegas, he plays 24-15. He had five shots on goal. And uh, Nate Schmidt, he's, he's a really good player. Uh, 2250. He, he can really get that shot off, too.
3: Well, he had one one-timer today. When we are up in upstairs, everything looks a little bit slower, but he had a one-timer today that it was like, wow, that was hard. Gosselin came across, got a left pad on it, but you're like, that was a bullet from back there. And t- When I think of the, the top one-timers or top defensemen with big shots, he doesn't come to mind, but you're right. He absolutely whips it, and Shea Theodore, who I don't also think is a guy that has a big shot, the one that he scored on, that was an absolute bomb, and he had time to tee it up, walk into it, and absolutely no chance for Koskinen.
2: Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Corbin standing by, who's also going to be our finish the play contestant. And Corbin, we like to have winners in this, so remember that. But first, what's your thought of your question?
4: Uh, yeah, so tonight was another, uh, well, second game in a row that was really hard to watch. Obviously, the Oilers uh, didn't play
7: very well. Looks like kind of the Timber token. Um, but anyways, my question is, uh, like, who do you think would give us the best chance uh, down down the stretch here, for as far as lineups go, and like, who with McDavid on the first line?
2: Sorry, t- t- who would be the best to join McDavid on a line? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious, because like, you know obviously the, the combos have been mixed
7: up a little bit since all the guys coming off injury and whatnot. Uh, like, I'm just thinking, who who do you think would be the best first line, like, with McDavid, and I mean, throughout the whole lineup, as far as uh, line combinations go
3: well, it's a good question, and that's one that I think Dave Tippett's been trying to figure out for a while. To me, I, I like the Leon Nugent Hopkins Yamamoto line. They've had success, and they've had success for a long stretch. So to me, you keep that together, but then you get thin. I think you're going to put Cassian.
2: I like the idea of
3: Cassian. Cassian is going to play with McDavid, but they've struggled to find someone that is consistent to play on the left side with those two. Uh, James Neal has now found a home with Chase on and Kara. That line has been very good for back-to-back games. So now you're looking for a left winger out of everybody else that's been there. They're hoping that Double A would be there. He hasn't, you haven't really noticed him the last three or four games. Ennis has shown flashes. Um, It could be him. But yeah, I don't don't know who it is. And Dave Tippett is probably gonna continue to have a turnstile there for the next little while. And it may go back to Nugent Hopkins next game. As soon as Connor's back in the lineup, Nugent Hopkins might be playing with Connor and Cassian again, and you'll see Ennis with 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 Dry settle. But I guess we're gonna have to wait to see till Wednesday's game. Corbin, who would you like to see there?
4: Uh, Well, I'm just wondering about Neil. Like, you think it's a waste of talent on the fourth line, or I guess they are playing well and uh, contributing, which is good. I
2: fully agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's an interesting point because I, I, I don't mind the idea of Neil and Cassian being up there with maybe Ennis sliding in if you yeah. need a rotation or yeah. somebody falters. But I think Neil and Chase on, and, and Corbin, you can reply to this if you like. I, I thought that the last couple of games, their experience is coming through, and I think that helps Kara because generally, Rob, they're getting the puck across the red line and they're hammering it in. Yeah. And they're saying it's March, the playoffs are coming. We got to get that. We got to get in there and bank. We 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 know we're not with McDavid and Leon. We're not going to make four see four perfect passes, and then we're going to get a tap in, or like Chase on the last game, get it across the blue line and shoot.
3: Well, and that's what we were talking about at the end of the period. Why they were successful is they're not looking to make plays in the neutral zone, and if if they cross center, and all three of them know that as soon as one of us cross center, we're going to throw the puck hard around the boards we have the advantage because we're going full speed forward and we're chasing a puck down. We're gonna beat the defenseman there, or if we don't, we're gonna be able to lay a big hit on the defenseman, what's gonna create a turnover as well. Uh, they understand their role, they understand what their strengths are, they're playing to their strengths. Uh, Chason has been a little more physical as of late. Neil is, plays with a bit of a snarl in his game and Kara, I think, is being dragged along with them. This last two games, probably the best we've seen Kara in the offensive zone with the puck on his stick. And that's what they need out of him. They're going with a big, heavy line on the fourth line. We saw in the playoffs last year how important a fourth line is in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Oilers need to have that, and that's why Dave Tippett likes a veteran line that he can have full confidence when he throws them out that they're going to make the right plays.
2: Yep. All right, Corbin, we're going to finish the play with you. You already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking. The best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as 5.98 per day with the promo code Chad.
1: Drop it for Nugent Hopkins. Makes a move. Out wide to his left. Heading for the net. Centering pass. Rich shot.
2: A chance by Ethan Bear. Goal or no goal?
1: No goal. Drop it for Nugent Hopkins. Makes a move. Out wide to his left. Heading for the net. Centering pass. Rich shot denied. What a save on Ethan Bear.
2: All right, good stuff, Corbin. Bears chance in overtime. I thought that was going to end it right there. Fleury got across to stop it. So, Corbin, stay on the line. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun, Track FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. The Yamamoto-Nugent Yamamoto, Hopkins on the line did create the Oilers' second goal tonight. A couple of two face-off wins by Leon back to Nugent Hopkins. Uh, bobbled one, didn't get a shot away. Was wide on the other one. I mean, clearly that line was was better tonight than, well, they were split up last game, but just those three players were better. Off Went offside on four the four-on-three on or four-on-two that yep. was shaping up really nice. And I Yamamoto, uh, sorry, Rob, yep. four and a half minutes left. Got that was exactly the look play. he
3: wanted. He did, and he just he went up over the glove and just put it up over the net. Uh, they did create things. They weren't as effective as we've seen them. But they created the most opportunities for the Oilers tonight. Um, There are there games like this. I mean, when when you are being jeered by your own fans, as the the Oilers were, well, when they they, their first shot. No, no, I am not saying. But when when you are getting jeered by your own fans, and when you are looking up at the scoreboard and its shots are twenty three to three, and then twenty six to four. Or whatever it was you sometimes try to make plays that aren't there you try to force things and that line was guilty of that a few times tonight leon was guilty of that trying to make more out of nothing which in the uh, actually plays into vegas's hands so uh a couple uncharacteristic turnovers by that line but having said that they did have the best scoring chances of any lines by far for the edmontoneros who just were only able to capitalize on the one
2: 3-2 Vegas takes it in overtime, 780-496-0063. Well, this is a nice treat. Our old buddy K-Jam is calling in. K-Jam, hope you're having a great evening. Go ahead, sir.
6: Yeah, not bad, Reed, Thanks for having me on. Uh, and uh, I'm just calling to, to point out that, uh, you know, w- when we were in December and we were having trouble, uh, the owners were having trouble, um, you know, being a cohesive unit, sort of uh as i think Tippett was uh, referring to a little bit alluding to tonight uh having trouble with cohesion or whatever was when we were making the uh, the difficult transition to having leon uh center his own line and uh you know sort of at the end of where mcdavid and leon were we kind of going stale and having a little bit less chemistry um and so now you know i'm i'm sort of taking a look back through some of the schedule here and uh you know, uh, for a little while, there, there was a game before the trade deadline in Minnesota when we kind of got worked pretty hard. But um, <clears throat> other than that, like since the trade deadline, uh, other than the game against Nashville, um, it's been a lot of that. And I wonder how much of it has to do with, you know, uh, line instability um, coming from new players coming, uh, coming in from the other teams, Garnier going out. And I mean, for sure, some some of it's from players, you know, coming in and out of the lineup with with health issues. But um, I'm I'm a little bit concerned, starting to certain. I wouldn't say a little bit concerned, but starting to think that, you know, um, maybe it's worth considering, you know, uh, how this deadline went and and uh, eva- starting to take a, a longer term look at, you know, um, uh, how it's gone so far, and you know, continuing to watch how it plays out and in evaluating. Uh, you know, how we might approach other deadlines if the, if the orders are rolling. What are your thoughts?
3: Well, uh, Thanks, k I mean, they, they, they were looking for depth players. They, they couldn't go out and get a star. They had no money to, to pay them, and they weren't going to give up a first-round pick or a high prospect. So they were looking for depth players to help them come playoff time and maybe hoping to hit a home run with one of the two offensive players they picked up, Ennis and Double-A, that could play with Connor McDavid. Uh, Ennis, they gave up a fifth-round pick, so that was one where, well, you know, it's worth the try. Green, they gave up, what is it, a fourth-round or a third-round pick for Green? Again, additional, yeah. Again, it, it, we need—they need defensive depth, and that's—and Green looked fine in the two the games that he played before he got hurt. But you need defensive depth. The Oilers, at one point, were playing Lagason in, in the top six because of injuries. They they could not go into the playoffs doing that. So those trades, Ennis and um, Green, to me were—they were good trades. Well, I don't. Even if the two players leave at the end of the season, what you gave up for them for depth players is good. They gave up a little more for Double A, um, and they they. This isn't one where he's they're going to cut cut bait at the end of the the the, the season. They've they've got his rights for their, well, uh, going into the off season is restricted free agent. Uh, I t- again, I- if he becomes a player, then they win the trade big time. If he doesn't, well, they gave up two for two second rounders and. You know what? They tried. But the Oilers, as we see tonight, as we've seen in the past, they need someone that can play with Connor McDavid. And they didn't have anyone that they liked in the organization to get it done. That's why they went out looking for someone.
2: The Oilers practice at noon tomorrow. We'll see if McDavid is back on the ice. Didn't take the morning skate too ill to play tonight. Vegas wins at 3-2 in overtime. Let's go back down to the Golden Knights dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees, head coach Peter DeBoer.
1: Carlson and Mersal so kind of thinking out there in the 3 on 3 and not letting the other's going to change.
9: Yeah, I thought our whole group, you know, I, you know, I, it's hard uh, when you play that team, you got to have possession of the puck in order to put them in that spot, and uh, I thought we did a great job in overtime of getting possession, keeping it, you know, getting some fresh bodies out there, and, you know, we got them stuck uh, in a bad spot there, got a huge save at the one end, and, and uh, you know, found a way to stick one in it.
1: They only had four shots uh, halfway through the game, and your guys didn't get frustrated, didn't take any penalties in the game, discipline effort from your group.
9: Yeah, and a gutsy effort. You know, three and four nights, uh, playing last night back-to-back. Uh, I thought uh, our guys showed up and, and really did a good job. Every every guy out there that dressed, goalie on out. So we needed that kind of effort tonight to win in here. I think, you know, we knew our attention to detail had to be good, and it was Last
1: night you talked about your group really deserving to win. How much did you feel that similar sense tonight? Yeah,
9: yeah I thought maybe even more tonight uh, because I thought we stuck with it for 60 minutes. I thought a little fatigue set in in the third a little bit, uh, but we battled through. We got contributions from from everybody. Some guys played more minutes than they're used to, but gave us some real quality uh, minutes out there. And it was, it was a big win for us and a big team win. And
1: especially missing another body, a little bit more adversity there in the forwards.
9: Yeah. Well, you're you're down, you know, Tucky and Stone, and then you're down Stevie tonight. As uh, a game time decision, you know, we'll go back and he'll he'll get checked out tomorrow. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. Uh, I don't anticipate it is, but you never know.
2: Pete Tabor, Vegas Golden Knights coach, coaching his second team this season, was with San Jose, got let go, and uh, landed in Vegas, which is interesting because
3: he wasn't very well liked by the Vegas. Had, they had the incredible.
2: <laughs> they had the incredible uh, series last year with the controversial... Well, and him and Gallant were going back and well, forth, Gallant,
3: too. Gallant called them some names. <laughs> and then, well, I guess DeBoer's won that one. He got <laughs> Gallant's job.
2: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 We have Chris standing by. Chris, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
3: Hey,
10: guys. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Just a quick comment on Koskinen and just a couple questions. I, I think it's uh, pretty incredible. The Oilers uh, having, I think the Oilers uh, and the Oilers fans are um, pretty lucky to have two goaltenders that are not only not only super competitive but really hungry. I think Koskinen felt like he was falling into the shadows a little bit of Mike Smith when Mike Smith was on a roll, and somehow, I don't know if it's my imagination, but it it, it feels like anyway, or it seems like koskinen was changing his goaltending style a little bit he looks like he was a little bit a little bit too technical throughout the year and 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 it seems like he's just kind of freestyle now he's just kind of all over the place and and uh uh that 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 might explain why he's stopping so many shots in, in each game he just he's just freestyling all over the place that's my one comment and good for him i mean uh you know, he's really reignited some fans uh, from the other base and uh, really happy for him. My my question is, uh, Tippett um, uh, was talking about how the, the entire team has been disconnected for the past few games, but he didn't really elaborate why. Sure, he said, we're not executing, but he didn't really elaborate as to why they're not executing. Um, and if it's fatigue, I have to ask why are they fatigued when the other teams are not fatigued? Um, so maybe you can help me out with, with, with that question and uh, what are your thoughts there?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a great question because I think every team does battle fatigue and good teams still get points when they're fatigued. Now the Oilers have been able to do that because of goaltending 4-1-1 one, and one in their last uh, in their last six. So, yeah, I I don't know. Like, they to me, Rob, that we can't keep it, well, we can't keep talking about that. I don't think.
3: Well, I, I think they are fatigued. I think it looks it. I can't com- comment on any other teams because I don't know any other team's schedule. But the Oilers look tired. And, as simple as that. There's some of the things that they're doing on the ice. They're not a team that's going to get outshot two to one every game. I mean, this is the same team that's battled and in, in is was a point or was tied for first in the in the division going into today's game. So I mean, they've they've got to have some things that have gone right through them to, this season. Uh, fatigue is one. Uh, mental mistakes. Now, teams. Uh, uh, when teams get fatigued, I, I know that f- from when I played. When I got tired, it ch- I, I changed my game. There's things I could do and things I couldn't. Usually, you simplify your game when you're tired. You simplify because when you start thinking too much, that's when you make mistakes. Uh, Vegas tonight. They were a fatigued team. They're playing back to back. This is three and four for them. They simplified their game. There, there wasn't a lot of fancy plays. They weren't trying to make moves through the through the neutrals and They weren't trying to create things out of nothing. They got pucks in deep. They got pucks out. I, I said it after the, I think it was the second period. Nate Schmidt, who is by far their best defenseman, I bet you went off the glass and out seven times tonight in the game. Didn't think to make a play because if you don't try to force something, you're not going to make the mistake. So I think maybe when you are fatigued, maybe other teams simplify more than the Oilers do. And maybe that's something that Dave Tippett was referring so
2: that's, to. So that's a... That's an adjustment yep. and a trust and a confidence level to me then.
3: Not, a, not a confidence level. I don't well,
2: think a, be- a belief that you could play that way and still be successful. That you can say, okay, we're going to play straight line, zone-to-zone hockey. We're not going to try to complete eight perfect passes to score a goal.
3: Well, yeah. I, well, I guess, I guess belief. But, I mean, the, the same players, that are, they believe they can make the play. They can make eight passes. So there's a belief too. It doesn't work.
2: But a a recognition, like you've told the story, that tonight's not the night for that. Tonight's not. Unless it's, you know, you get a three-on-one or something. But other than that, it's, okay. And again, back to Neil Chason and Kara. They shot the puck in. mm -hmm. I don't know if they carried the puck in once tonight.
3: I don't think they did. They simplified their game. And that was why they were the strongest team. They didn't turn the puck over in the neutral zone. And that's when, when you're tired, when you turn the puck over, that's when you feel the fatigue. That's when the legs feel heavy. That's when you're like, I can't get back on this back check. The, The Chase Online never had to worry about getting back on the back check because they never had to, they never turned the puck over. Tonight, how often did you see Vegas turn it over in the neutral zone? Very little. And their star players were dumping the puck in. Even when there was a guy that was open, but you know what? Why don't I just dump it in anyway? So they simplified their game. When you're tired, it's easier to play a simple game. Less chances of making mistakes. Mistakes when you're tired, they become very critical.
2: Jamie writes in. He says a week ago or so, Mike Smith was the Oilers' number one goalie. Would you say that's changed? (laughs) And What do you see the Oilers doing in the upcoming games? I mean, I don't know. The, The Oilers have never really said they've had a number one goalie. It's 38 appearances apiece now. I wonder if Smith might get a game here just because he beat Winnipeg
3: and Koskinen
2: well, has seen... And maybe Koskinen's tired. As much
10: I, <laughs> as many would, shots as
3: you would think. I would imagine Mike Smith will play next game. I think he will. Uh, the amount of work that Koskinen has done the last couple of games, the number of saves he's had to make, I would think you would go with Mike Smith. The one thing that you got to be excited about and respect is both these guys want to be the starter. Both these guys have had stretches where you're thinking okay well they've just had two great games he's going to get the next one but he doesn't and the other guy goes in and sudden plays two games so they're not getting the starter minutes even though at times they've played like a starter yet both of them kept their heads in the game their work ethics there they've had a positive attitude that's good and that's why both of them have had success here over this last little while and the Oilers have needed them now I don't know if tomorrow the playoff started who Dave Tippett would go with, but right now he's got options. And most teams in the National Hockey League don't have options when it comes down to who your starter is. Most team it's clear cut. Uh, it, it could be an advantage. Right now the others have a, a tough schedule going forward. They're not gonna have a goalie taxed going into the playoff because they can play either goalie here. And I'm my guess is what do they have left? Twelve games? Still? Twelve games, no. That they would be will either be six and six or seven and five the rest of the way.
2: Oilers get a point for losing in overtime. They have 83 points in 70 games this season. They're three behind Vegas for first in the Pacific Division. And perhaps most importantly, the Oilers are seven points up on the best non-playoff team uh, teams, which is Vancouver within the division, Nashville in the wildcard race. Uh, both those teams have a couple of games in hand on the Oilers, but obviously they're in a good spot for a playoff spot. Colin is standing by on the line as well. Colin, you're on overtime open line, sir. Go ahead. Colton, my apologies. Colton. I'm very sorry, Colton. I should not have yeah, got your name incorrectly. Please go ahead.
7: Yeah, thanks. No problem, guys. Uh, I have a question about the physicality of the game. Like, uh, we had Ryan Reeves there kind of running around. I know that's his style of game, but, like, I, our guys didn't really answer. Like, we have a line. I know they had a good game. We have a line of two guys that are six foot four, and one guy is six foot three. and it seems like when they finish their checks, they're just kind of – kinda of little baby bumps kind of thing and then we got two guys that's what yeah load five foot uh our five ten, and they're like they're finishing their checks with like intense finish. It's, I don't know. It just kinda of bugged me watching that we had big guys that were were really finishing their checks hard so I and mean, we just kinda of running around taking runs at Denning and uh new to there. I just wonder you guys saw some that thing. Well, well I
2: think you make a good point, first of all, about Archibald and Yamamoto's willingness to, to hit anybody. Yeah. And if they only hit players they were bigger than, they they'd would, hitting, they would, they'd just be hitting each other. Hitting each other. other. they just run right. each other in warm-up. And that's a good... I think he, that, that's a great call by Colton. Well... And yeah. I know it's easier said than done to just go out and try to body-check everybody, but it has worked. I mean, the Oilers were physical in Boston. They were physical in Toronto. They won those games.
3: So, I don't know if there's a, anyone on... Well, I guess Cassian could match Reeves for... The viciousness of a hit outside him, no. I mean, Reeves, Reeves can well, hit. no one's gonna fight Reeves. Well, no, unless I, it's that's not true. i Vander Kane's fought him a couple of times on the Oilers. No, well, I, yeah, I Cassian would fight Reeves. you think Cassian would I fight, think him? he would absolutely. I think Nurse would too. But uh, physicality, no one's gonna be able to throw hits like Reeves does just because he's that good a hitter in the game. Now, this I'm going off the stat page, it's the NHL stats. The Oilers out hit Vegas tonight. 46 to 37 Darnell nurse led the Oilers with seven hits and three guys tied for second Jujar Kara Gaten Haas and Kyler Yamamoto had six hits for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. So the uh, on the stat pages now I agree I thought Vegas was very physical tonight, and I thought that the Reeves line changed the complexion of of shifts. I mean uh, Reeves had nine hits and Carrier had seven playing. That's 16 hits between those two guys. And there was a couple. I, twice I was shocked that Benning got up after the hits. He, yeah, I remember he that got one in the first him.
2: period. He got belted. And
3: then it was the, the two shifts later, the same thing. He got absolutely run over. Clefbaum got run over. Reeves knows what his job is, and he's very good at it. Uh, I thought the Oilers became more physical. I don't. I mean, the, the game sheet says they out, out hit the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, maybe the Golden Knights hits were bigger more hellacious but uh yeah yeah i I thought that some of the oilers answered the bell physically and none to the extent that ryan reeves did
2: and yes thanks people reminding me nurse did fight reeves once before there you go uh adam from lloyd minster writing in he says uh the oilers look tired and rusty just like in december the only difference is now they're getting the saves mcdavid out sick a few of the other guys Looked under, weather, under the weather, too. What are the chances that only McDavid is sick, I think, more than just he is? That is Adam from Woodminster.
3: I, I have possible. no Possible, sure. Yeah. We,
2: we, we, don't, we don't know for sure, and obviously they don't talk much about injury. And, and most coaches and players wouldn't bring that up because they don't want to make it sound like they're, they're making excuses. No. I but mean, it, I mean, it's possible well, in, a, but, in a dressing room. But. I
3: mean, and there's possible that four guys on Vegas could be sick, too. I mean, nobody knows. Most guys, if, if a guy can get his skates on, a guy will play. That means Connor's quite sick.
2: Oilers lose three-two in overtime to the Vegas Gold Knights. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Derek standing by. Derek, nice to hear from you. Go
11: ahead. Doing, guys. Good. Good. Just uh, curious about uh, the McDavid line. What do you guys think about putting uh, Yamamoto up with McDavid and switching Ennis with Nugent uh, Hopkins and Dry settle
2: so sorry, it'd be McDavid, Yamamoto, and Cassian. and Cass- I mean,
11: Cassian.
3: Yeah, uh, just- uh, it's a possibility. I mean, the, the Oilers have three stars on their team, and then Yamamoto would be the fourth. And he, there, there's a drop off between R and H and Yamamoto, but if you if you're gonna try to make equal lines, you would have two on each line. I think that probably, yeah, that makes more that to me that makes more sense moving Yamamoto with McDavid than it does R and H with McDavid. So I uh, I think that's and something. You have they somebody can see. playing off wing, either Cassian or Yamamoto. Yep. I, it's uh, playing off wings easy. I play my whole career. Well, off for wing. you,
2: Rob. No, but it's not. Not that all hard. players can match your no, intelligence and intensity. Actually, playing
3: off wing, I like playing off wing better. It's better in the offensive zone because you're in a shooting uh, position at all times. So no, it wouldn't be that hard. And I I I think that's a really distinct possibility for for them going forward. Edmonton Trailers scoreboard.
2: It's a final in Los Angeles. Kings up the Avalanche 3-1. Panthers knock off the Blues 2-1. Jets big win over the Coyotes 4-2. Sabres in a shootout 3-2 against the Capitals here at Rogers Place. Golden Knights over the Oilers 3-2 in overtime. And uh, in the NBA tonight, the Raptors beat the Jazz 101-92. We'll get to Brandon on the phone line in a second. You'll also hear from Alex Chase on It's Overtime Open Line, courtesy Heartland Ford.
0: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Will carry it. Shot to the point. Tipped just wide.
1: Rebound sprawling. Stopped Koskinen. Made himself wide. And took one away from Tomasz Nosik. Hoop to Carlson. Out to the point. Shot blocked. Ricochet. Carlson drive. What a sprawling, full out, belly down save made by Miko Koskinen. And Cousins will shoot it in. Off the boards. Tried to center. One timer save. A second stop. And Koskinen able to cover on Nosik. Stassi heading to the net. Waits. Out, Koskinen, can't bang it home. Koskinen made himself wide and squeezed that part together. Wall on his backhand, dishes, shot, Carlson, caught by Koskinen. Two on one for Vegas. Schmidt, right circle, wrist shot, save, rebound, slid wide. Koskinen again. Oh Holden, shot toward the net, wall, rebound, save, Koskinen. Rebound loose and taken by Braden McNabb. Another sharp angle shot, save, Koskinen. He's got it. He had a lot tonight.
2: 45 stops for Miko Koskinen. Good job by Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, putting together that highlight pack. Koskinen, clearly the best Oiler tonight, but he has to settle for the overtime loss. Beaten by Shea Theodore, 213 into the extra session. 45 saves for Koskinen, 22 for Marc Andre Fleury. By the way, that LA Kings win, uh, they're sixth in a row. They're still last in the. Western Conference, but Todd McClellan's crew on a nice run
3: here. Yeah, it's funny because we always we always get a lot of calls where the Oilers should beat these guys and stuff like that. And I said, well, L.A. beat this team. I didn't realize it was six in a row. Now they're playing well. Unfortunately, uh, eight months too late.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, three two Vegas in overtime. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Brandon is standing by. Brandon, Hello, thanks boys. for staying up and giving us a call. Go ahead. No worries.
11: What's going on, boys? How are you?
2: We're quite well. We're just hanging out in Studio 999. 99. We're the only people here, Brandon.
11: Well, looks like I need to come for a beer then, boys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think the taps are shut off. Ah, you think?
11: We can turn them on, Reed. Come on, you got the power. Anyways, <laughs> I'd like to start off with congratulating Koskin with absolutely standing on his head the past few games. Unreal. Dry will own some dinner for the game on the weekend for giving up that shutout. But, anyways, the boys have been playing great. It's a very important point. No matter how greasy it is, these are very important points this time of year. The five v five play might be a little weak right now, but would you guys rather not that be now than when the playoffs start? I'd, just, I'd like to get your thoughts on that.
2: Oh sure, and I, like, I, like I've said before, I'd always take winning. <laughs> like if you get outshot 47-1 and can win one nothing, you'll still take the points. This this is a valuable point. But you're right. It's all about It's all about how long can this go on.
4: Exactly.
11: The game, like the game the other night, first goal, chase on, playing Columbus. I'm like, if this is the goal that wins the game, Tortorella in that locker room is not going to be one happy man. That's the only thought I had in my head that whole game. But, man, like, as Edmonton fans, can we be nothing but happy? The playoffs are here, and we can smell it. We're here. The playoffs are coming, baby. Stop the negativity. The playoffs are here, and when the Oilers are in the playoffs, you know, anything can happen,
2: boys. Let's go! All right, Brandon with a lot of good Have energy.
11: Good
3: night, boys. Love to hear it, Brandon. He's uh, a lot of energy for 11.15 at night. Yeah, well, that's fine. That is good. So do we. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you keep up the appearance, Rob? <laughs> okay, well, I, see, right now, you know what I feel like right now? I feel like the... The pro sports teams in Europe right now, we are doing a show with no fans in here. There are zero people in here yeah, right now. Yeah, it's great.
2: I don't know do you've seen any staff. The staff left, our, I think. Our two technical guys are here.
3: Well, the, I don't know if you, but the one waitress asked if we put the chairs up when we're done. And there's a lot of chairs in here to put up, so we might be, be not, here for a while. Well. We're not going to But do it's, that. honestly, this is what I mean. I'm I'm doing a season ticket holder tonight or tomorrow night for the Oilers, and one of the questions I'm going to ask is, with the coronavirus, what are the options going forward? Because one of the things is talked about playing in front of empty houses. Well, we're in an empty house right now. Yep. The energy is not quite what it was about. Forty-five minutes ago, and,
2: and, the, and you know what? All, in all seriousness, like, th- that is that is a serious issue. Oh, absolutely, it and is. and you know, I've seen all the all this social media. Well, this the flu does this, this disease does this, uh, and I get that. But you know, there are there's obviously a concern, and even if you're healthy, you could still carry it or transmit mm-hmm. it. So, you know, it is important to to be aware. And you know, again, folks, wash your hands. <laughs> like well, it's, you've been being told since you were.
3: Two. I'm going to listen to whatever the health professionals tell me. Yeah. They, they got a lot more education than I do.
2: But it would be, I, and again, I don't know if this is going to happen. We're just speculating and, and kind of uh, chatting here at quarter after 11. It would be weird to have an NHL game with no fans.
3: Oh, absolutely would. it would. be Like, like as a
2: player, could you imagine that? Nope.
3: No, I couldn't. I mean, even
2: when you played the... the lowest level of minor hockey, there'd probably be 50 people at the game if all the parents came, right?
3: When I played in in Pittsburgh, when Carolina first came in the league, we used to play there, and there'd be times where they'd have 5,000 fans, and it was the weirdest feeling, seeing a big empty building, and that was with 5,000 5, fans. To play in front of an empty building with without the excitement, the energy, uh, any home ice advantage is completely gone. It would feel like a, a shinny exhibition game, or a shinny game that a bunch of pros play in the summer when they get together and play hockey that's what it would be like it would be weird having said that if that's what uh, the health professionals decide and, and, and tell the NHL they're the sporting leagues that's what they need to do well obviously that's what the leagues have to listen to
2: Oilers fall 3-2 in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights Alex Chason has scored in three of the last four games here he is
11: Alex, in the last six games, uh, the team has been outshot
8: uh, considerably. Yet You guys are 4-1-1 in your last six. But how do you break a trend like this as a team? Well, right now we're we're thankful for our two goalies. Um, The good thing is, you know, find a way to get points. um, But going down the stretch, we play like that. Can't rely on our goalies just to make 40 50 saves a night um, so uh, maybe a good adversity test for us here you know there's what 10 games left in the season um, let's find a way for a group here to create some momentum and uh, feel good about our game that's where we're at you mentioned it's not really a winning formula but is there a certain element in your guys's game that appears to be missing right now well, I, I think for for a player standpoint uh at least for me it seems like we're we're playing a little bit disconnected right now um, you know there was a stretch where um you know it, it seemed like we we were playing 555 five, five. every guys was, was you know breaking out together in a neutral zone together and four checking together and now it seems like we're kind of reading and reacting waiting to see what one guy is going to do and uh you play a team like this you're gonna be chasing the puck all night, so um, back to work tomorrow.
1: That's like, once again, your line was very good tonight. What is like, the components of your line that are making it uh, play so well? Well, I thought I thought we were okay.
8: Um, I don't know. Honestly, I, I think we try to simplify our game. Um, to be honest, these types of games—I've uh, been in the playoffs before. And so has James, and, and Jude's is a good player. He plays that game as well. So, you know, if if you try to complicate things, sometimes it doesn't work your way. So, you simplify things. You get on puck first. Um, at the end of the day, there's there's just so many guys in this league that can play one-on-one hockey, and I think we've we've kind of figured out our line that if we can play give-and-go type hockey and get open move it uh, seems to be working for us so um, that's our standpoint where we're at for our line
2: Alright, that is Alex Chase on 11th of the season tonight. Nugent Hopkins got his 22nd. Koskinen, 45 saves. Oilers fall 3-2 in overtime to the Golden Knights. You can get more on globalnews.ca or 630 chetcom Thanks to Brendan Escott and Kyle Morris for bringing you all your post-game interviews tonight. Troy Bowler is our engineer here at Rogers Place. Angie Quinnell, our studio producer at 630 Chet. Our next Oilers broadcast is on Wednesday night when they host the Winnipeg Jets 530 face-off show and the game will start at 7. Over uh, Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Overtime Open Line courtesy Heartland Ford. Have a great night.